welcome to another episode of Unpublished. My name is Amy. I'm James. And today... What's loud? Pardon? It's loud? For me. Sorry, I just was too close to the mic. Okay. Today, we're going to be talking about um, balancing your creativity with muggle jobs. And for those of you who are unfamiliar with the term muggle job, it is your non-magical, non-creative job. Um, Yeah. Yeah, so if you wanted to be an artist but you're working as a lawyer that would be your muggle job the Um, lawyer would be so i thought that i could um share a little bit about my own experience with muggle jobs um as oh my god i just i just really want to preface this podcast i think my brain is working at about 20 percent. i literally was just thinking like are you on 0.5 times speed fuck off not in like the thoughts coming out, just you were talking at this speed, which was, I just didn't seem like Amy. I'm just not here. Like, like. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. What is, hey guys, just for a change, we're tired and a little bit grumpy coming into the unpublished podcast. Can you believe it? I'm not grumpy. No, true. I'm happy. Mm -hmm. I just slow, slow, tie, tie. You know how it is. Yeah, I know how it is. Anyway, we've had a, big, we've had a big say, few days. Everyone a wants to see us before we go away because we're going to Europe in a week. Everyone's like, oh, can we see you? Can we see you? Like, oh, just because we're so popular. Like, honestly, everyone loves us. Yeah, it's disgusting how popular we it are. It is disgusting. Anyway, I w- wanted to share a little bit about how I balance my muggle life and my creative life before we had the, you know, blessing and miracle of being able now to work full-time in creativity um and i want to preface this by saying like i was not good at it it is a very hard thing to do and each of us are very very different and very unique in how we need to balance our muggle and creative lives um it is an extremely difficult journey to go on do you have anything to say wait are you saying there's nuance to this discussion and that we're not going to give a prescriptive set of rules oh my god do we even need to do this podcast or do we just do one podcast and say listen to this podcast every week it's going to be the I same think, each week i think what we can offer is and you know feel free to message us and tell us if you agree with this is we can give you some ideas and you can see if they resonate with you or not yeah and that can be an indicator an indicator for you i said indicator that's a weird way of saying it indicate oh my god indicator for you of whether something will work for you yeah or not. that's a great way to approach this mm. um so uh, I have been creating for most of my work life, to be honest. I've been writing books for most of my work life because I started um, writing my first novel uh, in university. Um, So, yeah, I've always been writing books alongside my professional LOL life. Um, And the muggle jobs have looked vastly different because I always pick my muggle jobs. Um, How best to explain it? I was always picking muggle jobs that allowed me to create on the side. So it was very intentional. I was picking jobs uh, that I thought would give me space to create because I didn't have any muggle jobs that I wanted to do full time. I, you know, it wasn't like I was like, oh, yeah, I really want to get into marketing world. So I wasn't like I didn't have a career in the muggle world. I was just finding jobs that I thought may give me more time on the side. And often they didn't, you know, muggle jobs can be so all consuming. Um, but that's how I picked my muggle jobs. Um, and they ranged from I was a PA uh, at a financial advising firm like honestly hilarious oh my god it was like kind of the best because what it was hilarious I in the end I have videos of me there because like I did nothing like they did not need me it was the biggest bullshit job in the whole world they just wanted a receptionist that like 
they wanted a face it was so weird anyway i would go in my pajamas with no shoes on in this formal office like sometimes i look back at myself and i think how did i give so little fucks and like i have secondhand embarrassment for myself but like then i didn't like i just didn't care like i can give so little fucks at times that but it shocks me mm. retrospectively anyway there's pictures of me of like spinning around in my office chair. i'm just videoing myself and i'm in pajamas and i look like a mess and i remember quitting that job and going into my boss matt's room and i was like yeah i think i need to quit and he was like it was becoming pretty obvious that that was what you were gonna do <laughs> and i was like oh yeah anyway uh, i was also a personal trainer i was also I did a lot of waitressing i was also a nanny i was also oh i did i worked for myself doing social media uh management for small businesses uh i was in publishing for a little bit yeah eclectic it was an eclectic mix but more interestingly how did you find time to write yeah so it changed obviously with each job and i want to be very honest about the corporate one so i did nothing uh in my nine to five uh financial advising job um and i was like great this is incredible like they literally had me do maybe one hour's work a day like the rest of it was like oh you know just keep going on those tasks which there were none um so i was like great this is perfect i'll be able to write my book at the same time um and the book that we're reading at the moment or that we're rereading david graber's bullshit jobs talks about this phenomenon a lot i was completely and utterly unable to function creatively at that job even though i had essentially seven hours a day to do whatever the fuck i wanted to do i was emotionally completely numb i had nothing to give i felt like i was disassociating like 90 90% of the time that i was in that in that workspace and graber talks about it a lot have you gotten back up to that part probably do you have anything to say about it can you just ref- right keep going so my memory is jogged I don't know. It, I, can't, I can't even remember that much either. But he talks about how people think that they want these jobs with where not a lot happens and you're not mm. asked to do a lot because we think we're going to be able to do our side creations and our side hustles. But it's very rarely works for people. Um, for me, you know, like I was in an open plan office so people could look over my shoulder. So it was very, it was actually physically kind of difficult to do something that wasn't to do with the job. Um, but I was also just so disengaged um, and I felt so useless in the space and I couldn't believe I was being paid to be in the space. And there was something really like, complicated about my relationship with that work that meant that trying to sit and be creative in that space was nearly impossible like I would have gotten very very little done in the year that I worked there in terms of creativity yeah I mean of course I mean it intuitively makes sense right if you're doing something that is so nebulous so ephemeral like Mm. you just have no idea what you're actually supposed to be doing for your job like you can't, you're in that fog, it's such a fog of the brain it it was foggy like it, it was like I had constant brain fog but you would be able to write at home still. Yes, so then I would write at home. But it was like, well, I should be getting all this done at the job. Yeah, and I was like, what's wrong with me? What's wrong with me? Why and can't I do it you ended up getting up at like, sorry yeah. to jump the gun, you ended up getting up at like 5.30 in the morning to write. I did. I got up in the mornings. Um, so just to preface this, I am, I'm, I'm, con- I'm a pretty consistently tired person. Like I'm neither a morning or evening person, but I'm definitely more of a morning person than evening person. Like I don't function afternoon evenings in terms of creativ- creatively or otherwise. Like I just stop functioning. So I chose to get up earlier and I'd make myself porridge and I still have the alarm on my phone. And this is, you know, like maybe seven or eight years ago. And it says, get up, make porridge, right. So cute. <laughs> so cute. And so I would do that. And I reckon I would do that around like three mornings of the week. Um, and- 
It's still, you weren't like getting through huge volumes of work. No, I wasn't. But I didn't have a super healthy relationship with my creativity while I was at that job. I was obsessed with the big word counts. I had no concept of the bare minimum. I had no understanding of the magic of consistency. I was obsessed with this idea of doing as much as I possibly could at all times. Mm. Um, So my relationship with creativity uh, while I was in that job was was definitely a bit fraught. I, I think this is why we're so obsessed with consistency and small goals it's because we went through it and you know we know how psychically difficult it was how draining it was to try and create yeah. on the side because it, it's like it just you know you only have this tiny energy reserve yeah and we're trying to go like four five six seven eight times over our energy reserve rather than just going to our energy reserve yeah yeah and that's what the key we found after a lot of trial and error and obviously we're not the first people to Maybe we're the first people to discover this. <laughs> yeah, we're definitely not. <laughs> um, is that you have to just, you have to be conscious of your energy levels and you have to give yourself, you have to give yourself a chance. I know. You have to give yourself a chance. Like we weren't giving we ourselves weren't, a chance. And it's just so mean. Mm. Uh, it was just so cruel. We just weren't giving ourselves a chance. Um, well, because from, from my perspective, you know, I wanted to write before I actually started to sit down and consistently write and, you know, did a lot of daydreaming and planning and thinking about writing, but never did any actual writing because I, of this attitude of, oh, well, I've, you know, I've never sat down and written 5,000 words before. And that's probably what I have to do. And it was only when I embraced baby. almost, yeah. Baby goals. Yeah, yeah a baby goal that I actually could even start writing. Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't even start until I had a more manageable goal. Yeah. I mean, especially for authors and novelists, like, oh my God, like an 120,000 word book, like where am I meant to start? And it's like, you start with the one word and then it's two words. It's just, it is, I'm such a broken record, Mm. but it was so important. And I think back to those financial advising days. um, And if I had been doing 200 words a day, the magic that could have occurred there and the consistency and the self-trust and the lack of self-betrayal because there was a lot of self-betrayal and a lot of anger at myself because I thought because I let myself down in inverted commas so frequently because I was unable to make myself get up for the you know oh, let's do a thousand words today like I was obsessed with these stupid big word counts and if I'd just gotten up you know instead of two hours earlier than I needed to like 20 minutes earlier than I needed to and done 100 to 200 words I would have not had this fraught relationship with myself and a fraught relationship with my book and because I was working Working in that way with where I thought I had to do so much all at once I was all I was really and I still am very vulnerable to the all or nothing approach to life a lot of creators really are really vulnerable to this narrative but if I hadn't um, been doing that I wouldn't have had these huge stints where I, I just didn't write at all because it all felt too much and so a lot of the time in my mug when I was you know at that financial advising firm I'd go for months without creating because it just felt too much mm. um, in my personal training and waitressing days, so there is a very different schedule. It's often like much earlier in the day work, um, which was hard for me because as I said, I'm much more functional in the morning than the afternoons. And I have a lot of memories of coming home from PTing people or coming home from waitressing at like 1, 2 p.m. and knowing I had the whole evening ahead of me, but being absolutely fucking fucked up mm. and being like, how, how? And again, I just want, I. I'm so proud of all of us who who are doing this balancing act because it is really hard. Um, And again, I wish that in those moments I had the gift of saying, well, you don't have to do a lot. You just Mm. sit down on the couch and write 100, 200, 300 words. Can you imagine how much more relaxing your downtime would have been then having 
oh my god gotten that hundred so words true. out of the way you would, and then you would have it leads to a virtuous cycle where you are then able to relax more so you're able to refresh more so when you come back the next time it's easier because you actually had a break actually rested yeah so much of my rest time so you can be serenaded by there's a giant construction site right across from our apartment and they're really going at it on a saturday morning so enjoy everyone um i don't i don't know i don't know resting rejuvenating yeah so if i you know had come home you know rested down at my 100 200 words which would have been hard but very doable and then i actually properly rested um the amount more energy i would have had on on like you know as time went on would have been like so large compared to what i I used to watch you sitting on your on that couch for hours with that pile of yeah you know notes and laptop and and just like I could see you sinking further and further into the couch and, and yeah, draining so yourself more and more. I could see you getting tired and tired. And then eventually after about two hours, you just burst into tears. Yeah, that's exactly what the pattern. That's exactly the pattern. And because I was so unhappy in these jobs as well. And I felt like they had robbed me of my energy for what I really wanted to do. Um, but I wasn't supporting myself in the best way possible because I was asking so much of myself each day. And I just really implore you to stop asking so much of your creative self each day when we're doing these balancing acts. Like, not even when we're not doing the balancing acts, even when we work full time, like we're just asking ourselves to do too much and it's too overwhelming. Mm. And you'll sit and you'll stare at the computer and you'll get overwhelmed and you won't do anything. And then you'll have wasted three hours trying to do something mammoth and you won't get any of it done because it feels too mammoth and that is exhausting, procrastinating is the most exhausting practice we have way more exhausting than work itself and then you'll have wasted relaxing time too and you'll just be exhausted and this was my life for a very long time do you think your output has gone up since going full-time since quitting yes, your job but ironically i think it's only because i've i've got a much healthier relationship with creativity it's not necessarily because i have more time because it was only in the last um few months your cafe job that you figured out when i can't remember when it was when you figured out the 500 words a day i don't even know where i was either but it was around then that yeah. you figured it out. And suddenly that's when you finished Elizabeth, like poof. Oh yeah. And then you finished, and then more, you quickly got through more. Yeah, and then, like, that's it right. Was... God, time is weird. Mm. Yeah. You that almost, 500 words a day thing changed my whole I think life. you almost figured it out by failing at NaNoWriMo, which uh, to remind you all is that 50,000 words in a month thing. Cause you were mm. like, couldn't keep up with it, but you were still getting a little bit done every day and you were like, oh. I agree. Like, even there's a lot to say about NaNoWriMo. We often bring it up and people really hate it because it's like a really giant amount of words in one month. But it it really, it showed me what consistency looked like. Mm. Like showing up each day. And even when I did like a tiny bit and I mm. moved I moved the needle because like on the NaNoWriMo homepage, you can see the, the book word count going up and up and up. And just noticing how good it felt to move the needle so consistently. Yeah. It was so, so delightful. Yeah, amazing. Even though I didn't reach 50,000 words at all. Yeah. Yeah, so I am not a great example to, you know, to look at here in terms of how I what balance you, my muggle work. But what do you tell your clients? Like, do you have, have you had any success stories from your clients that you can remember at the moment? And he's like, no, all my clients fail. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but this is something, I think, again, it's very, very individual and you have to look at your own energy levels. And not only that, but you have to look at your daily circumstances, which is why this is such a hard conversation because it is so changing the way we have to treat ourselves, the way we have to ask ourselves to show up changes on a daily basis and it changes person to person. And it's really, really nuanced. So there is no soul for you. But mm. Um, we all, I always look at what they're asking for themselves. I ask them to bring it way back down. I, we look like 
in detail at how they're resting because that's just as important as the creativity because you know that rejuvenation after muggle work especially when we're not nourished by our muggle work is you know it's so integral to the creative process like how can we rejuvenate so that we can create how can we make a sustainable practice alongside of muggle work and you know for some creatives it, it isn't a small amount each day sometimes it's just you know a small amount on a saturday or a small amount on a sunday like we do have our weekends and we can um you know insert creative times in there if the monday to friday or whatever days you work is just too much and it feels too heavy to even contemplate it then let's fucking not contemplate it let's see what works for you um uh, you know even doing it two times a week you know that can look that can look like consistency if it is you know over months and months and months yeah yeah i think this can seem really overwhelming especially if you um are not neurotypical like if you have adhd this can seem like really uh unrealistic to you to be able to find consistent time to create but i had actually had a really and once again i really wish that we could speak more to this and we have more experience with this but i had a really lovely email from an adhd creator the other day and they said um that something that really helps them is and i don't want this to be an adhd advice podcast or anything because obviously once again find some expert find an expert to talk to not james but they were saying that they like to batch their creativity with um domestic tasks like put the dishwasher on and then they know when the dishwasher is on so they can have they have a cue in their environment that the dishwasher is on and that's when they're creating yeah i love that so, that so much. just to help with the time blindness and the time warping and the um and the distractibility to be like this is there's something tangible in my environment that's going to help me to create so it's like maybe you finish cook you know you finish cooking dinner in the evening and you i mean this would work i'm sure for anyone um and you turn the dishwasher on and it's like well while the, as soon as i turn the dishwasher on and I can hear the sound of the dishwasher being on, bam, that's creating time. Mm, love it. Batching. Batching. Delightful. I want to talk about, you know, as you said, you are more of a morning person than an evening person. And... Doesn't look like it right now, does it? No. And even though, like, I think I would really happily... Like, I'm probably at my most creative in the evening. Like, I have a lot of ideas in the evening and I can go really... And I, I often do have the urge to do stuff in the evening. Yeah. Um, and not at all in the afternoon, but... I still even, I even still, I put my creativity in the morning because otherwise it's hanging over you. If I can, I put it in the morning because otherwise it's hanging over you all day. And mm. it's such a relief to do it in the morning and be like, I've done my most important task. Yeah. Like when I was writing my thesis, and I guess you, let's say that's a muggle job, um, and I was doing a bit of teaching at the university as well at the same time, it was always get up the same time as I do now, 7, 7.15 in the morning and do my writing because then... I had that out of the way and I, I saw my, I kind of saw my thesis as the least, as the lesser, the least important, the less important thing to do. Wait, hold on. Which writing did you do in the morning? Your fiction? My fiction. Yeah, yeah. your fiction, not your thesis. Yeah. You did your fiction first. Yeah. And then I did my thesis, thesis in, in the, the afternoon, afternoon when, I did, right. when I was less switched on. Well, you hire the best version of yourself Yeah. to do your most important job. And, and I, you get to choose your most important job. And like so maybe morning is the second best version of me, but afternoon is the third best. And yeah. evening's the best, but I'm not gonna like I'm not gonna wait around for them to turn up. Yeah, interesting. Because I, I think the longer you leave it in the day, in my opinion, the more things that can derail it. Yes, there's a lot of things that can come up that can potentially, yeah, give you maybe even valid excuses. You know, mm. yeah, I agree. But in bit that being said, like if you know that evenings are your sacred time, perhaps you know kids are in bed, um, find ways to protect it so that it is stable in your life or do you do you um revenge procrastinate what is that what it's called what, yeah a revenge, for it. revenge procrastination where you 
where you procrastinate in the evening so that you lose sleep so that you like revenge against your muggle job yeah so you get so more time more to yourself um use that energy if you can mm. i know that as i i just said don't i didn't say sorry don't hear me say don't create in the evening i'm saying didn't doesn't work for me but it might work for you maybe use that revenge procrastination power in the evening mm. and be like i'm gonna take my time back right now and i'm gonna you know go later to bed mm. and be less refreshed tomorrow but that's because i'm doing something i want to do yeah do we want to talk about the transition period from muggle jobs to Maybe that's in a whole other podcast in itself. Muggle jobs, moving from muggle jobs to full-time creativity. Yeah, I mean, I think we could say a few brief things about it as it relates to the topic, which is that, and as I was touching on earlier, we don't necessarily create, spend more time creating now that we're we don't. full-time. Well, now that Amy's full-time writing. And it's like, I just think having this abundance of extra time Is not isn't the, the boon that it seems often. I think uh, a lot of us realise that during COVID, um, and I worked with a lot of creatives who were made redundant during COVID and they uh, were like, oh my God. And immediately I had warning bells. I was like, this is not going to go the way that you want it to go. Um, because extra free time is often, it's often worse than having yeah. a structured day. Yeah. It's too much pressure. You are too free. Uh, you need the rigidity sometimes of different tasks so that you know when you're creating it. It's like when we're faced with such a huge amount of time to do all of our creative projects, it's going to be so overwhelming to the point of paralysis, um, too many decisions to make, too many, you know, it's too disciplined and it's just too much. And nearly all the creatives that I was coaching during the pandemic uh, who were made redundant or who found themselves with extra time found it to be not just useless but detrimental to their creative practice. Mm. And I really want to acknowledge how difficult it is balancing a muggle job with creativity but to to gently remind you that having more time is perhaps not the solve that you think it is that's why we often see this narrative going around of like don't turn your hobby into your day job like you'll ruin your passion for it it's because people aren't people are going full-time say with their hobby and then it's crushing them because they don't have the tools or they don't have like, they, they think it's just going to be some kind of brilliant 12 hour flow state every single day. And it's going to be so joyful. It's like, there's a lot of amazing, amazing benefits to doing your art full time. And it can be incredibly fulfilling, but you still have to have strategies to actually get it done. Like it's not going to yeah, magically yeah. happen. Like it's yeah. Not, just because you've got more time doesn't mean it's going to be easy. In fact, in many it ways, it new challenges arise. Yeah. Um, when you see the whole day stretching out in front of you, you don't have some strategies to actually make it work. And strategies that you should you should be fostering now before you go full time. And that's the big thing, right? So when people were made redundant, when people had this free time during COVID, um, they didn't have the strategies there to support them into new, you know, disciplined creative habits. And, the, and so I was like, well, you've just got nothing there to catch you. And then the then what the benefit of going full time is is actually you don't have that eight nine ten hours a day where you're getting tired and exhausted and you actually have eight or nine or ten free hours in the day or mm. hours for you to rejuvenate and relax and feed the well and like it's actually you that's what you're spending your time doing more of I think yeah and that's so what you should you're not be trying anyway. to you're not going oh, I'm full time now I can work way harder on my creativity yeah like, oh I'm full time now I can serve Get my, my creativity more back. by getting my energy back. Yeah, that's such a good point. Mm. And that took that took me ages to learn going full time. Yeah. I was like, I've got to film like nine to five. Got to, and it just didn't work. It's just fucking dumb. Mm. I'm sure there's so much more to say. There is a lot more to say, but maybe you guys can think about it and do your own podcast. Oh, that's what that other podcast oh, was going to be. Was it going to be? A, yeah. Oh, yeah. So we wanted to just, <laughs> yeah. Because one of Amy's clients yesterday said, um, Jasmine said, oh, I 
bought a podcast mic when you told me to, and it's just been sitting there because I don't know what the next step is. You just told us all to get podcast mics, so now we don't know what to do. And I'm like, fair enough. Well, maybe we'll do an episode about how to, um, what to do after you have your mic. Yeah, if you've if you've heard us yelling at you and been like, start a fucking podcast because you should, and you've bought a podcast mic, but now you're like, uh, yeah, we'll do a podcast to put you on your way. Or maybe we won't. I don't know. We don't know. We don't know. We it's, chaos, it's pure chaos it's, over here. It, you don't even understand. It is pure chaos. I mean, you, maybe like you do. You probably house. do know it's pure chaos, but it's like, wow, wow, madness. Mm-hmm. Anyway, thanks, Jasmine, for that. We'll, we'll definitely try and do that podcast, but maybe, maybe not. And this is the rambly section, which everyone loves. Um, we're thinking, I don't, I don't know if anyone's going to talk about this yet, but we are thinking of doing a Patreon oh, for the podcast. Soft launch. Soft launch. I don't know. Soft announcement. If anyone would be interested in that. Um, so I don't want to brag, but we got our first email the other day asking us if we wanted to have a sponsor. Yeah. If my hair was out, I would flick it. Yes. But we decided that we probably don't want to go that direction, but we would love, you know, to have a, a way in which this podcast can be supported by mm. beautiful creators that are listening to this and, and loving it and who are on this journey with us. And yeah, so we were considering a Patreon rather than going down more of a sponsorship route. Um, yeah, so that's exciting. That's something yeah. on the radar. Especially because it doesn't, um, even though we absolutely love doing the podcast and we would continue doing it without Patreon or without sponsorship, yeah. it does cost us money. Because we have obviously spent a lot of money on our equipment, and sorry, I'm not trying to guilt you here at all. I'm just explaining. Um, we have for when you uh, we have the your we make the choice of having Paul do our reels and um, edit our uh, video together. So thinking, you know, and that costs us a, a bit of money every week as well. So it's just mm. sort of if even if we could just cover the costs, I mean, that would, yeah, be, would be amazing. Cool. Anyway, so that's something but, we're thinking about. Um, obviously, there would be no pressure, and I think we wouldn't even it wouldn't even be like you get extra stuff if you sign up. It would literally just be like. Why don't you throw us some, a couple, a dollar or two a week? A month. A month, sorry. <laughs> yeah, a month. Yeah. But we'll let us know what you think. We'll think about that when we get home. So there's probably going to be one more podcast. Which, uh, It'll come out the day be? we're traveling. Yeah. I'll put it, I'll, I'll schedule it to go out while we're in the air. Probably. Magical. We're traveling to the airport. Well, and we not. are going to bring the mic with us to Europe. So we're going to try and keep going. We are going to try and keep going in Europe. Um, we're going to bring the baby mic. It might be every two weeks though or something, <laughs> depending on... You know what? It's just it's. Well, just have to wait and see. Yeah, who knows? I'm not, but I'm not committing uh, we to are aspiring to do podcasts on the road. I think it could be fun. Yeah, let you guys know how we're going. We're very excited. And you can see the drop in audio quality between our new mics and our old mic. It'll be. Will it really apparent. upset you? No, I'm just interested to see if they notice. I'm sure, they will. These mics are so so sexy. Yeah, they are. They are. Um. Yeah, we're just excited to travel. Yeah, wow, look at you. So alert, so switched on. Okay, yeah. say goodbye. What? You always cut me off so early, I want to ramble for longer. No. Okay, I love you guys. Okay, alright. Okay. I love you, bye. Alright, alright.